This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. Say that with me. Live it out. Come on, say it louder. Live it out. Nudge somebody around you and say, live it out. Well, we're concluding our sermon series on Live It Out, and it's been a great series. We've been walking through and looking at what is the importance of our faith? What are the things that bring God pleasure? What are the things that God is asking and desiring from you and I? And how do we live it out? Not that we just know it, but how do we live it out? And we've tried to make it very, very practical so that we can apply it and we can live it out. God's called us to be a light, a lighthouse, to shine that light bright here at home and around the world. And the brighter the light shines here, the further it'll shine around the, around the world. And the Lord is helping us to do that. Can I hear an amen in the house? Thank you, thank you, Lord. Well, life is like a race. It's a race. And how we run that race is very, very important. And how we finish the race is the most important. The problem is many start off well. They start running their race. They're running hard. We all have seen them. We know them. They, they're eager. There's enthusiasm. There's excitement. They start running their race of life, the race of faith especially. But then something happens and they get tripped up. They stumble. They fall. There are so many, maybe even listening today, that there are unrealized potential and purpose. There's unfulfilled dreams that God maybe had put into your heart. For some of you, it was when you were at a youth camp, uh, 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 maybe long ago. It was when you were in an altar service. It was in a revival service where God began to give you visions and dreams. But as you were running your race, something has slowed you up. Something has hindered you from obtaining that vision and that purpose and that potential that God has for you. Well, today, we're going to talk about how to live out the visions and the dreams and the purposes of God how to fulfill God's purpose and plan in your life so that you can honor him in all things and bring pleasure to him. So let's just offer this word to the Lord for a moment and invite him to speak into our heart. Will you make it personal? Just invite God to minister to you in these next few moments. So Father, as we open your word, we know it's powerful. We know it's anointed. We know it's through your word that we grow in our faith And that, Father, we learn to be more like your son, Jesus. And so today we invite you. Just say it with me. I invite you to speak into my life. Lord, challenge me. Convict me. Prod me. Encourage me. Father, I pray today your word will strengthen me. And all God's people said, amen and amen. In this concluding message, we're going to talk about living strong and finishing well. Say it with me. Living strong and finishing well. Well, we're going to be looking at several scriptures, but I want to start by talking about the Apostle Paul, a biblical character for you and I that we study so much about. And Paul shares with us his life mission, his his passion in life. Look with me in in in, in the notes, if you've downloaded them from your app or up on the screen. This is what Paul says. Paul says this, I consider my life worth nothing to me 
nothing to me, my life, and all of the accolades, the the degree that he had, the, the degrees that he had, the accolades of his life. He says, all of that is nothing if only I may finish the race and complete the task, the mission that the Lord Jesus himself has given to me. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today is how do you live strong and finish well? What do you mean by living strong? Well, living strong is is where your faith, first of all, is strong, where your faith is vibrant, where you're relying on God. And because of your dependence on God, there's a strength that enables you to go through no matter what you're going to face in life. And we're going to face some stuff. We've been facing a lot of stuff over these last 18 months. But when we have a faith that's strong and we're living strong and our faith is vibrant, we just sail through the problems and the circumstances of life. How many know what I'm talking about? Man, we're living strong and we're going to finish well. The race, that which God has called us to, the, 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 the sprint that we're on, but more than that, the marathon that God has called us to run. Our race is a, is a particular race for you and I, and we've got to finish it well. I want to share with you from Paul over in the book of Timothy. Second Timothy, if you'll take your Bibles and turn over there. And Paul is writing, as we're about to read this passage of Scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to start in verse 5. But Paul is writing from a prison cell. Now he's writing uh, uh, his final epistle, and and he's writing to a son in the faith. And he's writing because many are turning away. Many are not running strong. They're not finishing well. And and so he's writing to young Timothy, and he's going to encourage young Timothy. Now, you've got a picture with me where he's writing from. He's writing from a prison cell. He's in Rome, and he's in prison. I've been in that cell. And uh, in fact, we've got a few pictures that you can see it. Uh, it's a cell that, that is, is about the size of this smaller part of the stage at Fort Lauderdale. If you've not been on our campus, maybe you can see the depth of it. The walls kind of go up. And there would have been a hole in the ceiling. Now, for us today to experience that cell, they've made a pathway down in it. But there would have been walls that would have went up with a hole in the ceiling. And the only way that you would have gotten in and out of that cell is some kind of rope or ladder. And Paul would have been in that prison cell. I mean, prisons today would look like the Hilton compared to that prison of that day. And and there Paul is. He's chained to a guard and he's writing uh, uh, much of what we study uh, throughout the New Testament. And as he's there and he's writing that, he's chained to a guard, he pins these words to young Timothy. He says, as for you, always be sober-minded, be alert, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. Here's the key verse. I have fought, say it with me, the good fight. I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, that judgment day. And not only to me, but also... This is where he includes you and I, also to all who have loved his appearing. Can I hear an amen? 
Now, as he's writing this, he's not a discouraged, broken old man. He's not in cell, in the cell with despair or defeat. No, no, no. He's writing there. He's not writing in cynicism. He's writing there with a calm, a peace. He, you know, he's in this Roman prison, but there's an assurance in his faith that you can feel. And as, as you sense what he's writing, there is something that, 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 that just spurs us on and, and pulls us along. And he's looking back and he's saying, listen, guys, I've done what God has called me to do. I've ran my race. You're going to have to run yours. I fought the fight. You're going to have to fight your fight. And I have finished by keeping the faith. And you're going to have to be strong. And you're going to have to finish well if you're going to be where I'm going to be. And that's with the righteous judge. Can we hear an amen in the house? May we all be able to say what the apostle Paul is saying here. Did he make mistakes along the way? Sure he did. When you study his life, you see the trials that Paul had. You see the problems that he had. He even experienced conflict. The apostle Paul himself experienced conflict. And you and I are going to have trials and problems. We're going to face conflict. But may we say like Paul, I have fought the good fight. Say it with me. That I may fight the good fight. I mean, it's the imagery and the metaphor of a soldier that's called into battle. And you're fighting. You're fighting an enemy. Your enemy is not flesh and blood, by the way. Your enemy is principalities, the enemy of your soul. He's fighting against your faith and your mission and your anointing. But we're going to fight the noble fight, the good fight. It's a worthy cause, and it's for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I have fought the good fight. I have finished, it's the idea of an athlete, I have finished the race. I have finished the race. I didn't drop out. He's saying, no, guys, keep running, run strong. It's not just a 100-yard sprint. It's the marathon, and we run with enthusiasm, regardless of trials and disappointments and, 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 and all that could have us drop out. We run because our eyes are on the finish line. And I have kept the faith. Can I hear an amen? Let me take you over to another book. In 1 Corinthians, Paul is still writing. Paul is writing, but he's writing to the church in Corinth. Now, in Corinth, they were having problems. Yes, a church was having some problems. There's no perfect church. There's no perfect church because we're not perfect people. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Your spouse is not perfect. We already knew that. But, but your spouse is not perfect. None of us are perfect. And, and they were having problems. They wrote Paul a letter. Paul was responding to the letter. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he pins these words. Verse 24, do you not know? That in a race, all the runners run. Now, the problem today is some think the race is optional. Many are not running. They're letting others run. But he says, in a race, all the runners run. But only one gets the prize. So, run in such a way to get your prize. It's the idea that there isn't just one prize, but there's a prize, a one prize for each and every one of us that run our race. So we all get a medal when we run our race. So run in such a way that whoever competes in the games goes into strict training. Man, I love honoring school of discipleship graduates. They're preparing themselves. They're, they're training for that which God's calling them to do. They do not do it 
to get a crown that will not last. No, they do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, he's told us, he's told us some, some deep thoughts in theology. And now he says, therefore, because of what I just said, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and I make it. Man, he's showing us that disciplining your desires. Someone needs to hear this. is important as you run your race. Sometimes we let our desires run wild and we chase our desires and we want to fulfill them. But he says, no, 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 I don't do that. I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave. So that after I've preached to others, shared with others, lived a life before others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So in verse 24, again, he says, run your race to get the prize. Well, if we're going to run our race and we're going to run it the right way, Today, I want to share with you just a few thoughts, some keys to how you can live strong and finish well. The first key, write it down. If you've downloaded the the app, go ahead and put it in. Uh, The notes there is, I've got to, if I'm going to run strong, if I'm going to run well, if I'm going to finish the race, I've got to constantly remove the distractions from my life. I must remove all distractions. Paul says this, I've got one goal. The one goal is that I will run this race. The goal is to see Christ exalted, Christ lifted up, the mission of Christ advanced. And as I run my race, I'm going to remove the distractions that are around Over in the book of Hebrews, many believe Paul wrote Hebrews, even though we don't know the author, over in Hebrews 12, 1, it says, let us, say it with me, let us, come on, nudge somebody around you, especially those that are watching on live stream, go ahead, wake up those that are around, it's getting a little too comfortable on the couch, let's say it together, let us do what? Strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back. And let us run with patience the particular race that God has set before us. Now, if you're able to circle or underline, I like that, where he says there's a particular race. It's unique. My race is different from your race. It's a particular race, and it's unique for you. I can't run your race. You can't run my race. And therefore, that's why social media today is, is so damaging to the work of God is because there's so much comparison going on. But the problem is, is that's not my race. I've got a race and they've got a race. And when God shows us our particular race, he lays it out. We've got to take responsibility to run our race. And therefore, Paul says, remove anything that's slowing you down or hindering you. You know what the problem is, is today, many people are not running their race. They're running what they see others doing or what maybe someone else told them to do. But he says, you've got to run your race. Lay down those expectations or those distractions that are hindering you from running your race. A couple weeks ago, uh, Pastor Candy and I went up to Universal with some friends. And as we were up there, 
Uh, there was a particular ride that a lot of them wanted to go on, and uh, Pastor Candy didn't want to do that ride. She was going to go and uh, do something else, but they couldn't take their bags with them. And so all of a sudden, all of the bags got left with Pastor Candy. I mean, their purses, their backpacks, and, and she had all of these bags and backpacks with her to the point that she couldn't move. She had to stay there and watch their things while everybody else went out and had fun. And, and went on the rise, and she was stuck holding their bags. Now, my question is, whose bags are you holding? What's slowing you down? What's hindering you? Paul says that if we've got to simplify, move some stuff out of the way, you got way too much, way too much stuff in your life. There's no margin to do what God's called you to do. You're carrying unnecessary baggage in your life. You see, serious runners, they focus. Man, they've got their eye on the finish line and they're focused on that. I mean, we've been watching the Olympics. You don't see, you don't see these Olympic runners, you know, dressed in, in, in a bunch of uh, uh, garments and dress shoes and, and uh, suits and ties. No, no, no. They're dressed. They're focused. They're ready. They're running. And that's what he says to you and I is get focused. Remove the distractions. There's a particular race for you and you've got to run it. Let me read another scripture from the Apostle Paul. Turn with me over to Ephesians chapter five and verse 15. Ephesians five, Paul is writing still, the Apostle Paul, and he says, underline this, be careful. Remember, we're talking about removing distractions. Be careful how you live. Not as fools, not as those that are not wise. No, make the most of every opportunity for doing good, for serving. Why? We're living in evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly. No, thoughtlessly. No, try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. See, the enemy has been so successful at these subtle distractions that he brings into our life that we get our eyes off of the focus and the goal and the mission and the task that God is calling us. You know, not out of this Olympics, but a few years ago in one of our Olympics, we had a prime example of this. We had the, 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 the great, you know, world champion, Michael Phelps, and he was in one of his races. And uh, I want to show you this picture here because it's a prime example of how we can get focused on the wrong thing and not focused on what we should and we lose the race. Look here. Look here. This is... Chad LeCluse, and what is Chad LeCluse looking at? He's looking at Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps is looking at what? He's looking at the finish line. I mean, he's focused in on that, that, that medal. Now, the funny thing is LeCluse had beaten Phelps before in the Olympics, and Phelps is going after that gold, and he's going for it. But look at LeCluse. He's got his eyes over on the wrong thing. And the problem is too many of us, we're allowing distractions to get our eyes off of what God is calling us to do. My question is, what is distracting you? My question is, what is it that can distract us so that we can be aware of it and we can spur one another on? I know for me, if I'm not careful, I can let TV and social media and things like that distract me where I'm not spending time with God the way I should be spending time with him. For some of you, it, it might be that you've got some unequally yoked relationships in your life. 
You've got some friends that, 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 that are pulling you away from their, that place that God wants you to be. And, and, and as they're pulling you away, you were thinking that God was going to use you to witness to them. And it's not a mission to you. They're friends to you now. And you're getting pulled away. You're getting sucked in. For some, it could be the pursuit to obtain more and more, more possessions, the, the materialism and the things of this world. And it's pulling you. I've watched individuals, they get a new job, they're going after a new business, and before long, they're pulled out of serving, they're pulled out of life group, they're pulled out of Sunday services. Now, the enemy's subtle because he rationalizes it in our mind. He begins to get you to justify, oh, it's only for a little bit of time. Once I build my business, once I get this promotion, once I finish my job, once this happens, then I will be able to. And boy, the enemy just starts he starts speaking and he starts getting us to rationalize. And before we know it, we've lost focus. For some, it might be a deep, deep root of discontent or dis, you know, discouragement. There might be something that's got you where you're, where, where you're just not running the way you know you should be running. I'm here to tell you today that God has a plan. God has a purpose. And if you'll begin to remove these distractions, you will be able to live strong and finish well. Can I hear an amen today? Lord, help us. Say it with me. Lord, help us to remove the distractions, to run our race so that we can reach the finish line. The second thing I want you to know about living strong and finishing well, the second thing is that you and I have got to remember the reason and the reward for our race. Now, what do you mean, pastor? Well, what I mean is if you don't know the why, why you're doing what you're doing, if you don't know why you're putting in the effort, why you're at church today, why you're doing devotions, why you're serving, why you're in a life group, if you don't know the why, then it's not going to last. Your why always determines how long you're going to keep going. Now for me, a long time ago, I was a teenager, a long time ago, God intersected my life in such a way that the why for me became eternity. The why for me was that I began to understand life from, 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 a, from a deeper way. And I was just so thankful that God has opened my eyes to understand that this life is not the end. That there is another. There is a place that we're going to go to when we're believers and we will be with him for all of eternity. Eternity, what is it? This is this unending, indefinite period of time where there's no end. And eternity with God was designed for you and me. And therefore, long ago, I made a commitment as a young man, and it's been renewed year after year and week after week, sometimes day after day, to say, God, I'm driven by eternity. Can I just get an amen in the house? That I want to spend eternity with you. I want others to be in eternity with you. And God, I pray that you'll keep my eyes focused on eternity. Now, when that got settled in my heart, when I knew the why, why do I share? Why do I preach? Why do I have devotion? Why? The why for me is because I know what happens now, how I live my life now will determine my eternity, my forever. And therefore, my now has got to stay focused. I can't get distracted. I can't allow some of these things because my now impacts and determines my forever. 
And therefore I say, God, give me strength to run strong in my now, in the particular race you've called me to now because my now, how I live now is going to determine my forever. And therefore forever, keeping my eyes on eternity determines how I live my life now. It determines it determines when I was a young man uh, praying about a spouse. It determined the type of woman that I would be dating. Or for those of you that are ladies, the, the type of man that, that, that you would be praying about or considering the date. Why? Because it's going to impact your journey. Your now determines your forever. And therefore, your forever must determine how you live your now. Too many people are focused on the pleasures of the now, and they're not focused on the eternity that's yet to come. Let me read it to you. I, I feel like I'm stumbling here, or maybe it's just sinking in. So let me go back to Paul. Let me share it from Paul. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 9. This is what Paul says. Paul says, for we, you and I, he's talking to the church of Corinth, believers, are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder. And by the way, my prayers, God, will help me as a pastor and our pastoral team to build the work of the kingdom as an expert builder. That's what Paul said. And someone else is now building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work, each one should be careful how he builds. Whatever you're building is the material that you're building. Are you living strong? Are you finishing well? Are you running your life? However you're building, it's all linking together. Whatever you're building, his work will be shown for what it is. Because the day will bring it to light, the day of judgment. You see, there's a reward that's coming for how we build, how we run our race. There's a reward that will come. We're looking forward to that day when we hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. So the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. But if it's burned up, he will suffer loss, the loss of reward. He himself will be saved, but as one escaping through the flames. So my forever determines how I live my now because one day there's gonna be rewards. One day we're gonna stand before him. See, one day you're gonna be asked, why didn't you remove that distraction from your life? Why did you make excuses? Why didn't you do what I asked you to do? You remember that commitment you made at the altar? Why didn't you follow through? One day, and so every day, I ask the Lord to help me to live a life of no regrets. Every day I live a life to say, God, I know that forever will be a day that I will stand before you and you will welcome me. So let that drive how I live my today. Let it drive my relationships. Let it drive how I serve you and walk with you, God. Let it be the very thing that keeps my perspective. But what I know, see, I'm talking about the why. 
It's the reason we run. We run strong. We got to finish well. We're talking about a reward that will come. But what I know is that Satan is waging a war against my forever. Every step I take that moves me closer to God, every commitment that I make, every commitment where I say, God, I'm gonna serve you faithfully. God, I'm gonna begin tithing to you. God, I'm gonna be a kingdom builder. God, I'm gonna do what you want me to do. I'm gonna send my kids to camp. I'm gonna bring them to youth service and kids ministries. Why do I do it? It's because forever is determined by my now and therefore my now has gotta drive how I'm going to live so that I can stay focused on forever. But Satan is waging a war. And see, he gets angry every time we make that step. Every time you you decide you're gonna pray with your family, it angers him. Every step of obedience, it angers him. Every time you determine that you're gonna serve, it angers him because he's waging a war against our forever. But that doesn't stop us because we know that greater is he that is in us than he that's fighting against us. And we will be an overcomer. Can I hear an amen? And if I overcome now, I will be safe forever. That's where Paul said, I fought the good fight. I kept the faith. I finished the race. That's the reason and the reward. Come on, give the Lord a praise. And so I've got to remember My life mission, the call, my life mission and call is coming from God. And and I've already laid out that all of us have a particular race. And in his mercy and in his grace, 2 Corinthians 4, 1 says, he gives us the strength to do the work that he's called us to do. And therefore, we should not get discouraged. And one day I'm going to be rewarded and I've got to keep my eyes on the forever, on the, on, the, on the focus and the goal that's before me. The third key, because of time, I want to jump to it. The third key I want to give to you today of living strong and finishing well. The third key for you and I is that you and I have got to understand that we will get depleted and discouraged. And that, and that we've got to learn how to renew ourselves, and I want to say daily. I've got to find strength. I've got to recharge spiritually and emotionally and physically. We started this series, Living It Out, by talking about having daily experiences with God. Daily connecting and communing and and receiving strength from the Lord. This renewing ourselves. The Apostle Paul says this over in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, the second letter to the church of Corinth. For this reason... We do not become discouraged. Why? Because our spiritual being is being renewed day by day. So the reality is in our battle, in our race, there's going to be moments that we're going to become weary. And we've got to learn and continue to keep before us that we've got to be renewed, especially through the Lord. How do I renew myself is, first of all, I get people around me that are people of faith, people that see and and they speak life and and they have vision, that I'm not always the one dragging it and pulling it along. You see, if you got a lot of negative people around you, if you got a lot of unbelievers around you, it's going to constantly be depleting you. So you got to get people of faith around you. That's why life group is so important. Can I just hear an amen? 
And man, let me just give you a plug. Our fall spiritual growth campaign is gonna be so powerful this year. We're writing our own again this year. And we're gonna be talking about many things like I'm talking today, this fight Winning from within. And we're gonna look in Galatians and we're gonna talk about the battle that we all have and how do we overcome and win this spiritual fight. You need to be in a life group because it enables you to get people of faith around you. Those people of faith will encourage you. They will inspire you. They'll help you to keep your eye on the goal and on the prize. For me, the more I'm in the word, the more I read the word, it anchors me back to Christ. And as I focus on the word, I get a clearer picture of what Christ desires for me. And it helps me to grow my character to be more like Christ. And, and that renews me and that strengthens me. The more I come into worship services like this in person or, or live stream, however it is, when I'm, when I'm in a service, my spirit is being strengthened. My soul is getting strength to overcome and I'm being renewed day by day by day just by being in the presence of the Lord. Don't you love just worshiping God? I mean, I love nights ablaze. I, I love when we can just set aside everything. Next uh, two Sunday nights away, we'll have another nights ablaze and we're bringing in a new speaker, Sean Smith, a prophetic speaker, gonna speak over our house. I love those moments. Why? It's because our spirit is being encouraged. Our soul is being strengthened and we're being renewed and it helps us to fight our battle. For me, many times renewing myself just means isolating Isolating it might be taking a walk. It might be going for you to a park. For me, it's the beach. Uh, maybe it's just unplugging and going on vacation. Every now and then, you just need a break. Can I hear an amen? They said a long time ago, you know, if you don't loosen the strings of a violin, they're eventually going to pop. Well, some of you are popping. You need some, you, you, you need some vacation time, amen? I'm not your boss, but I'm commissioning you. Take some vacation time, you know? Don't leave those vacation days on the books. You need to renew yourself. Take your family away. Get energized. Get refreshed. Get alone with God. Get a new perspective. You need that strength to fight the battle. Well, the fourth is linked very closely to the third, but yet it's one of my favorite, and that is we have to resist. Now, we're talking about living strong and finishing well. Say it with me. Living strong and finishing well. And if I'm gonna live strong and finish well, I've got to resist discouragement. Now again, let me come back. The enemy, man, the enemy of your soul. I used to hear it all the time growing up. He is a liar, amen? The devil is a liar. Say it with me. The devil is a liar. Why am we saying that? The devil is a liar because he's whispering in your ear. He's trying to get you to rationalize and compromise. And more than anything, he's trying to discourage you and the race that God has called you to. Let me read another scripture to you from Paul. We're looking at the apostle Paul over in Galatians chapter six, verse nine. He says it again. He's writing to another church, the church in Galatia. He says, let us, say it aloud, let us, those at home, say it loud, let us, type it in the chat box for me, let us not get tired of doing what is right. What's right? It's running our race. What's right? Well, what's right is staying strong, fighting a good fight. What's, what's right? It's, it's fighting and contending. It's continuing to be what God wants. He says, let us not get tired of doing what is right. For after a while, we're gonna reap a harvest. 
harvest. And by the way, that's our prayer around here. Is God, we're gonna just keep putting wood into the fire like the priests of the Old Testament and we're gonna create the atmosphere for the spirit of God to move and people are gonna come and they're gonna be refreshed and renewed and their lives are gonna be changed and they're gonna be impacted by the gospel. We're just gonna keep putting wood into the fire, God, because one day, say it with me, one day, There's a harvest of blessing coming. And God, you've called us to be a big voice, a big voice in this city. And you've called us to be a lighthouse. And as it shines bright here, it will shine far around the world. And so God, let us not grow weary. Let us, Father, not get tired or discouraged because in a little while, we're gonna reap a harvest for you. The harvest is the blessings The harvest is the prayer. The harvest is the promise that you've been holding on to. The harvest is what you're believing for, what God's been speaking over your life for. Don't grow weary or discouraged because in a little while, you're gonna reap a harvest. If we don't get discouraged and give up. See, the problem is too many people, and I hope that if this is you today, you'll hear my heart, Too many people are giving up too soon. They're giving up before the breakthrough. It takes some discipline to be an athlete, to be a soldier. You gotta fight to hold on to the fight faith. You're gonna have to have some grit and you're gonna have to determine in your spirit. Get some, get some, uh, man, I don't even know what word to put there, Kanata, but just get a little oomph in your spirit, right? You know, like a bodybuilder. I'm looking at Kanata down here, you know. Not that I know what it's like, but man, get some oomph in there. Put in a couple extra reps, right? Man, we got to get some strength in our spirit. We got too many weak Christians today. Someone says something, they get offended and they leave. They sit in the wrong seat and and they're upset or they're not wearing a mask or they are wearing a mask or they did this or they said that. The world is saying, look for what offends you and separates you. But believers and followers are saying, no, 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 no. What unifies us and what brings us together? And I'm not gonna get discouraged. I'm going to fight this fight. I'm going to contend for the faith. I'm going to keep the faith. And the enemy's not going to whisper in my ear. And man, discouragement, discouragement is a deadly enemy, a deadly enemy of your life mission and the call that God has on you. He tries to get you discouraged. It creeps in so unnoticed, but yet when you determine in moments like this that I'm pressing through and I'm not giving up and I'm gonna keep fighting, God's strength and power is there. It gives you gas in your tank when the enemy says you have no more gas. Man, a few years ago, I've shared it before, when we were in Vienna, we were missionaries there pastoring Vienna Christian Center. We were building a brand new uh, worship center and God led us by faith. I've told the story how uh, a gentleman gave uh, a donation. We had no money to buy the building. The banks weren't gonna give us any loans and a gentleman gave us a donation of $2 million, which would have been like 10 million here, gave us $2 million to buy this old factory. It was an old factory. It was a, a scales uh, factory that, you know, like in Publix, they weigh your groceries. This uh, factory built those scales. And, and so we had to retrofit it and, and uh, repair it and, and get it ready as a worship center. 
and uh, we, we didn't have the $2 million to buy the building. We definitely didn't have the money to renovate, but we just kept going. Sometimes, you know, you just kind of get to the end, and when faith is driving you, it connects with God, and, and you don't let fear paralyze you. You just keep going, right? In minds of man, that's foolish, but in the eyes of God, that's faith, and God connects with our faith, and, and that's what we were doing. And I remember we got to the point that we had to put electric in the building. We had built all the walls. We were ready now to put electric in the building. And the architect came and the builder came and they said, okay, uh, it's going to cost us 250,000 euros, which was about $400,000, to put electric in the building, the light bulbs. And I just sat there and I said, $400,000 to get light bulbs? Now, we're living in Austria. It's an expensive country. I said, can I go to China and buy them? I mean, can I get them somewhere else that's cheaper? I couldn't imagine 400000 We didn't have it. And I remember walking through around that building. It was, you know, not quite this big, but it was large. And I was walking around and I was looking <laughs> and I was just like, God, I, I know you brought us here. You've had one miracle after another. And Lord, we've got to see you do something. And when I left that building every day, I would leave and the highway would take me up. It was on an over ramp. It was on a major highway of the, of the city there of Vienna. And as I would come up the highway, I could see the church building down below. And I was discouraged, man. I felt the weight. And sometimes that's what the enemy does when he's, when he's coming. He steals your courage. And there's a weight that pushes you down when you listen to the discouragement of the enemy. And man, I was feeling it that day. I got in that car and I was like, God, what did I do? What did we do, Lord? And we got to this place. Are we going to be able to do this? And I got in my car and I began to drive. And as I drove up on the highway and I looked down at the building, as soon as I looked down at the building, it was like God reached down and he lifted that discouragement. He, it was like he reached down and just grabbed it out of my spirit. And there was instantaneously a sense of assurance and faith in that moment that says, you're going to do this. This isn't your project. It's my project. You just keep leading the way. Keep putting wood in the fire. Keep doing what I've called you to do. Keep living well and let's finish well because this is my journey that I'm empowering in you. I felt that in that moment. And can I tell you, they've, they've finished that building to the glory of God. Even in the last year, they've bought now another part uh, of, a, of a, a shopping center on top of a, a huge, a, a prominent building there in Vienna to the glory of God. God gives us that kind of strength. But none of us are immune to discouragement. None of us. From myself down, the enemy is always whispering. The issue is how do we deal with the discouragement? When you fall down, do you stay down or do you get back up? I want you to watch this video from the Olympics just a few days ago. Come on, that's what we're talking about. The enemy may knock us down, we may get discouraged, we may stumble and fall, but discouragement is a choice. And we get to choose. Just like staying down is a choice. She could have stayed down, but she got up. And that's what the enemy is trying to do is to get you down. But you've got to determine that you're going to get back up. You're going to resist discouragement and you're going to run your race. Can I hear an amen? The last and final point as you stand with me across this auditorium is that we've got to rely 
on Christ. Say it with me. Rely on Christ. If you're going to finish your life mission, it's going to require you to keep your focus on Christ to run your race, to run hard. I love what Paul says in Colossians chapter one, verse 21. This is my work and I can do it only because this is my race. Remember, you have a particular race. This is my race. I can run it only because of Christ's mighty power that's at work within me. God's the one that's calling. He's the one that empowers. He's the one that that prepares you and equips you. And he's the one that sees you through. And therefore, you and I today, relying on Christ means this. Don't miss this. It means I got to remain filled with the Holy Spirit. I've got to be spirit-led. I've got to be spirit-empowered. I've got to be Holy Spirit-anointed. I've got to allow the Holy Spirit to empower my life every day. Man, I encourage you, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues every day, begin to pray in your prayer closet. Let your prayer language begin to flow because it's your connection to the Father through the Spirit, and it gives you strength. We need the Holy Spirit. How do we rely on Christ today? Is that we say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Empower me. Open my ears. Open my eyes. Open my heart. Holy Spirit, help me to live a life. A life where I'm fighting the good fight. I'm contending for the faith. I'm not giving up. God, help me to run this race that you've called me to. When discouragement comes by the enemy, when temptation comes my way, Holy Spirit, give me strength. Someone, come on now, just say, Holy Spirit, give me strength. Keep my eyes on you. Empower me for my purpose, oh God. Because it's in that race of endurance that will enable me to finish strong. I've learned that I've got to discipline my desires. I've learned that I've got to develop my character, but nothing replaces being anointed and filled with the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to fill me and empower me and anoint me. Paul says this, let me finish with this verse. Paul says in Philippians, God who began the good work within you, God, the one that called you to this race. God is the one that, 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 that's led you to this place. He is at work within you. And within you, God that began the work within you will keep right on helping you, helping you to grow in his grace until his task within you is finally finished. So we gotta run our race. We got to live out loud our faith. We got to live strong. We got to finish well. It's a race that God has called us to. But the truth is, so many right now have taken their eyes off of the race, off of the goal of the race. They're distracted. They're discouraged. There's so many things that are hindering them and their eyes are on other things. And it's not on eternity. It's not on what God has called them to. And I just want to call you today. It's a prophetic call back to get into the race and to run the race, to cast off everything that's slowing you down and entangling you. And if there's sin, man, break that sin through the power of the Holy Spirit. That addiction can be broken today at this altar. 
but you gotta make a determination that I'm getting back in the race and I'm running the race. I'm not gonna remain offended. I'm not gonna be discouraged. I'm getting back into my race. Why? Because there's a crown of righteousness that's laid up for you and I. And one day we will receive it from the righteous judge himself. Give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, just in a moment, in a moment here, I'm gonna open up this altar. But before I do, I wanna pray over you, especially those of you that are watching by live stream right now. I wanna bless you and pray over you before we give it back to the host. So wherever you're at, if you can, stretch your hands out. I wanna pray with you by, by, by way of live stream right now. Father, I come and I pray. I pray for each and every one of our viewers right now. Some of them are watching from other countries, other states, many right here in South Florida. But God, you've linked us together in this moment. And in this moment, I pray that God, you're gonna break that discouragement over their life. God, I pray you're gonna break that fear. I pray, oh God, that addiction and that habit and that sin, the power of sin be broken over their life. In Jesus' name right now, Father, right now, I pray that you'll strengthen their faith as they determine to remove distractions. Help them not forget the reason and the reward that's before them as they run their race, resisting discouragement and relying on you, Holy Spirit, to fill them and to anoint them. I pray that over them in the mighty name of Jesus. And all, all God's people said amen and amen and amen. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.